Hubhopper Originals. So the thing with the internet is that it can put you in a very beautiful spot where you're seen by so many people at a at a point in time, but you can't really stop anybody from plagiarizing. Yeah, I think you can't control it, so you start living with it, and you understand that if people want to kind of emulate you in some way, you must be doing something right. So <laughs> that's how I take it. <laughs> Hi people, welcome to the 5th episode of The Podlist. I'm Sayasha Pillai, your host on this show. On last week's episode, we spoke to Garima from Popcast with Garima about her journey, shattering archaic belief systems and everything in between. If you missed it, make sure to catch it on any of your podcast listening apps. So, haven't we all at some point or the other looked at a beautiful piece of art, be it a painting, a film or a poem, and just been in awe of the creator? Especially if you yourself dabble in the creative spheres, I'm certain you two have questioned why on some days we are extremely inspired and on others we suffer from a creative block. And attempting to decipher just that, podlisted this week is Tuhina Raj's podcast, Words of Earth. A contemplative, insightful show where she not only delves into the theory of creativity, but also relays steps one can take to keep nurturing it. An amalgamation of research with her personal experiences, seasoned with her knack for putting forth views that resonate, Tohina's podcast is just like her poetry. It's meant to be savoured. So on this week's episode, we speak to Tahina about her creative outlet, staying true to one's art but growing our niche and so much more. So let's dive right in. So how was your podcast conceived? Like when did you embark on this journey of theorizing and understanding creativity? I was actually applying for a university in which you have to write uh, what you see yourself doing in like five years or 10 years. And in that, somehow I wrote that I want to have a podcast of my own someday. And it just felt like I'm a big believer of uh, manifestation and science. And I mean, in India, podcasts have really, really picked up right now. And I do feel like it's not something that's come in just now. It's always been there. But right now, the consumption value is something that people are realizing and paying heat too so um i of course wanted to make a podcast for a long time and when the team hub hopper reached out to me and said you know would you be interested i thought like it's the best way to take the leap right now because um not enough do you get opportunities coming to you in the way that they did at this point in time so i thought you know why not just get into it because i was planning but um you could plan endlessly and not have anything in the end. So I thought, why not just jump onto it when it's there? <laughs> so that's literally how it happened. And what I realized was um, the thing that people most want to understand is how do how does somebody approach creativity? How they see content creation as a journey and an art. So I thought, why not open it up to a larger set of audience? Of course, I'm no authority on it. Of course, I'm not an expert on the subject matter. It's a little bit of my own journey. And I've been reading about this, thinking about this for a really long time now. And I thought, why not kind of make it a little more concise and put it in a place where people could tune in and, you know, ponder over it, think about it and see if they really want to kind of take on what I'm trying to tell them. So, yeah, that's how it about. And I know that throughout your podcast series, you share cues as to how we can stay inspired and keep that spark of creativity alive. But, you know, without getting into the generics, 
What are those two or three things that needn't work for someone else but always helps you when you hit a creative block? So, I think whenever whenever you're stuck and you don't know a way forward, the best way is to detach yourself from it for a little time. I think uh, in the Indian society, taking a breather is a huge no-no for whatever that you do. Taking a sabbatical, taking some time off, taking a break is seen like you are you're going against the tide of productivity which is so so wrong you can't be productive if you don't take a break and i think every sentence makes sense after you have a you know pause so you know you have to put a full stop to begin a new sentence and that's that's how you need to see it uh the other thing i do is i just stop thinking about creating or writing at all like i let you know it's it's very easy when you're in this space to write stories poems quotes whatever that you always treat any kind of reading material as something that could be fodder for your you know for your creative pursuits so i've started seeing stories as stories and as and books as books and not necessarily content or matter that could you know inspire me to create more sometimes i read just to be in the story and both of them help both of them help immensely to open up your mind and just get out of that rut that you have to produce something or create something it's literally switching up your schedule so that you can later feel inspired and come back to it oh i completely agree productivity guilt is far bigger a problem than we credit it to be and because you have an entire show dedicated to sort of decoding the roadmaps to creativity i suppose as a listener one would be intrigued to understand a little bit more about your creative outlet poetry right it's such a personal medium how do you strike that balance while writing you know between staying true to what you're feeling but sort of growing your niche and giving it relatability you know there is a thing called content being massy something that has a mass appeal that when somebody goes in to see a salman khan movie in india it's something that appeals to a lot of people but when you compare it to a movie say like heather not enough people would want to go in and watch that film because it requires you to connect with the creator on a level that they want to take you to not to say that my art is complex or anything but i have realized that not everything that i personally like is what the instagram audience also appreciates or loves so i realized that although creativity is something entirely personal and comes from a place of introspection and pondering and finding nuances and looking at details it also has to cater to the platform that you're creating on and you cannot sustain or survive if you are only going to say that it has to be a one way communication that you are going to give out a monologue and people better be interested I mean you could be very talented or you could be very very great at what you say but if you're not able to get people's attention in that short period of time it's of no use so I started filtering and seeing where I could push the envelope so you know if I did like two posts in a day one would be more say in tune with what I'd personally love to read or would show a little bit of my you know creativity and control or command over the language but the second post would be more generic more uplifting more light hearted in general which would kind of get the internet lingo and um you know semantics and also pack that punch in so i was i have started kind of making sure that whichever platform that i'm catering to i am curating my content or altering my content according to that 
But even so, not everything one creates or curates will be equally appreciated by all. So how do you personally deal with not getting that kind of, say, appreciation you expected? So fortunately, I have not had to face a lot of criticism for my work, which is great. In general, Instagram poetry is not something that's appreciated by literature students or scholars in the field. They don't consider it to be poetry and they have their reasons and I respect them and I understand that uh, criticism is a part of life. And if you're putting yourself out there, if you're accessing a social media platform which is open to all, you, you will kind of get all sorts of people. People who love you, people who hate you, people who wouldn't understand what you're trying to say, people who would have views very different from yours. You are not functioning in a cocoon when you are putting your work out there. So it's important to understand that you will not get through to everybody. And I think it's a very good expectation to have right from the start. Of course, I've been hurt. I've felt bad. Uh, You know, there is this one particular incident that I remember. So I was nameless and faceless on my account for a really long time. I was anonymous for three years. In the meantime, sometimes I, I used to just put a picture here or there. So that people, you know, knew that this is not an Instagram account that's curating other people's work. But this is a girl who's actually sitting and writing. And one day, somebody just put in a very negative comment saying, Wow, I loved you for your writing, but you look so ugly. I wouldn't want to follow you anymore. Or something of that sort. And it was so hurtful because that's one of the concerns that I had putting myself out there. And he just pointed it out to me so blatantly. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean... I'm not going to put my pictures if that's going to drive people away. And thankfully, that didn't really stick with me. I I think putting yourself out on the internet looks easier than done. And um, I feel bad for people who have to go through something like this for no fault of theirs because they're genuinely just trying to do the best that they can. I appreciate anybody and everybody who, who has the courage to try and be in front of so many people who aren't always the kindest to them and I also think that criticism is something you can't run away from so I've I'm finding ways to make my peace with it and because you've taken that leap of faith yourself what would you say to someone who's probably listening and is scared to take that first initial step towards their dream I think you have to start somewhere you can't wait for an ideal set of situations to happen for you to begin you will never have a very kind generous audience sitting and waiting and lapping up whatever you do there aren't people waiting for you to come into the picture so you have to create that space like how a plant starts sprouting up you have to push out from the soil make a little space for yourself so that you can also get yourself some sunlight and noticeability so that's that's exactly how it happens if you really believe in yourself and if you really think that doing this would make you happy i think putting yourself out there and that little inhibition that you might have you have to let go of it so that you're noticed and you're seen for who you are and what you can do. I think it's a tough process. It's a journey. It's not something that will happen to you in a day. But sometimes all you need is like a little bit of courage to just take like this one whimsical quick step. And then you'll be like, okay, now I've done this. How do I go forward? I think taking your first step is always the toughest but the gateway to so much more and speaking of being brave and shedding inhibitions 
honest poetry often demands that we throw down our guards and be brutally ourselves so how do you dull down that unnecessary chatter that is perhaps to follow you know all the assumptions and presumptions especially from people who know you personally these are literally questions that i deal with every single day this is why i wanted to be anonymous on my account for a really long time because i didn't want people to trace me back and find out why did she write that i didn't want that kind of guesswork for people because i'm not writing about anybody in general and i'm writing about everybody in general so <laughs> it's not it's never ever pointed at one person usually that's how my poetry is i'm talking about a set of experiences and a lot of times i'm imagining characters so i'm trying to write poetry from their perspective i'm not really writing for me and yes it's really lame that people assume so much about you just by reading a couple of pieces of yours it used to bother me a lot like i said it's been a journey for me nobody should be assuming who you are with what little of you they see on the internet so this is something that i've been trying to tell people over and over and i keep giving out this example that when you see a movie when you see a movie like razi where alia bhat is acting and her character sehmat is crying it's not that probably alia is unhappy it's probably sehmat who's unhappy so so art works exactly like that with poets and writers as well so if i'm saying that this piece of poetry is sad it's not it's not pointed at me who's sad it's pointed at a concoction of my mind it's it's a figment of my imagination maybe and that's and my job as a poet is to make sure that you feel like this is a legitimate you know emotion that i am feeling and dealing with so i think that's what art is it is to make you feel a certain way even though the artist might not be feeling the same way i mean this is not reflective of how i'm feeling at this particular point in time not always sometimes it is sometimes art is extremely instant like quick with what you feel like you just jot down what you're trying to say it's impulsive but uh, not always and it's truly commendable how you've created this brand out of your work you know if you had to identify and summarize what i'm certain is also years and years of persistence what would you say are those key points or hacks that have sort of helped mold words of worth into what it is today it's a very very generous of you to say that i'm just glad that a lot of people enjoy reading what i write the only thing that i really believe in is that you have to know who you're writing for and as i mentioned uh, the platform the space what i've understood your audience is central when you say your customer is king in the marketing language that's exactly what it happens when you talk about uh, content consumption as well you have to understand who you're creating for what do they want what is their age group like what is their what are their attention spans like what are the issues that they would connect with can you push the envelope and get their attention to something that you want to talk about doing it in a way that would also appeal to them so um you have to ask yourself these questions about why you want to do this and how you want to do this so a lot of people now with the ease and access of you know the internet and not having a real barrier on entry in getting into this space feel like you know you could just create an account and exist for like a couple of years and you will shoot up that's not how it happens uh it takes a lot of you know consistent amount of work if you know you look at any person who's gotten famous through the um advent of social media you will see they they've always been consistent they've always you know one after the other put out things that have spoken to people and that's the literally the only way to survive in this place and i do kind of feel that uh, as a writer 
your real growth comes in when you feel that you can put out a book on the shelf that other people would want to pick up and read so can i get people invested in me to buy a book of mine off the shelf some di- sometime you know later in the future that's what i am aiming at so for me i don't see um content creation as a sprint that i have to just you know kind of get like a master huge number of following and no i just want enough people to know about me to see my name on a bookshelf tomorrow and feel like wow i would want to read that book if i invest my time into this i wouldn't be wasting my time if you're creating content it is a lonely journey it's not going to always be your highs and highs and highs it looks really fancy on the internet that but there is at the end of the day a very lonely human being who's constantly worried about oh am i able to impress people enough and that's that's not a good place to be in but <laughs> i think uh, always remembering that doing it for you is more important than doing it for anybody else and uh, if you have your goals clear if you know what you want from it going forward in your future the path becomes a lot more easier for you to carve out for yourself and drawing from what you said you know poetry is personal it's subjective what you like somebody else perhaps won't but if you were to point out what according to you is common in poorly written poetry what would it be i feel like all poorly poorly written poems are thoughts that are not coherent that are either too deep or too shallow to bind you if you try to write about uh, way too many big things and you're not able to kind of ground them to a piece recently read a poem which was so complex i was like okay this requires a different level of attention to be consumed i i don't have that kind of energy so it's not a poorly written poem but it's overwritten you know when when things are overwritten when they when they lose the thread of relatability i've figured this one thing we just want to find stories that are similar to us that's all that we want to do you know some way or some any film you watch any content you read you want to find yourself in that you, you are constantly validating your expressions ideas thoughts in other people's stories and and once you lose that uh, thread of relatability you, you stop being invested in that poem or that piece or that story so and i don't like just seeing very overused cliche expressions because that's not creativity right creativity is literally saying the same thing in a different way that gets people thinking like wow yeah this is this is sounding lovely i've not not heard of this before that's literally your work when you you're a poet or a writer that's what you should try to do but uh, so you can't identify yourself or you feel like oh my god i've heard this too many times and i don't relate relate it with myself anymore that was Tahina of Words of Earth and you can catch her podcast on any of your podcast listening apps. Now you know the drill, a little bit about my collaboration with the Artists Project and the campaign we've started to try and do our bit to support our local artists and artisans. So we've hosted a fundraising campaign, the link to which is also in the podcast notes and we're really hoping that all of us can somehow unite and help our friends from the artisan community who are unable to make ends meet. Believe me guys, we'll be surprised at how an amount that we might not think is big enough to donate could actually mean so much for someone in need. It doesn't matter what the amount you can spare is. Whatever it is, if you have it in your heart to contribute to our cause, please do so. 
And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to us. My Instagram is at Sayasha Pillai or you can email me at writetosayasha at gmail.com. For any feedback, podcast suggestions or any questions about the fundraiser, anything at all. So that's it for today. I will catch you guys next Thursday. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट